Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. today and probably for a period of time, it would be good to really contemplate what I'm going to tell you. The more we understand about how our subconscious mind is working and the more that we can separate ourselves from the, the, the operation of it, the way that it's working based on the patterns and ultimately understand that what it's really trying to do is to keep you alive. You know, I mean, really, the subconscious mind has two functions, to keep you alive moving forward in life and appropriate. That's all it really cares about. It doesn't really care about anything else. It's, uh, it is the fundamental idea of life uh, throughout the universe as we know it. Um, Everything that kind of happens in the middle is irrelevant when it comes to the subconscious. It just like how you experience life, what you do with your life, the subconscious doesn't care. It, It doesn't care. There's no consideration there whatsoever. That's all uh, part of the intellect, which is in the which is in the conscious mind. But what's interesting about the subconscious mind is that it's so ingeniously designed to do what it does that if we're not paying attention, we can get sucked down a rabbit hole or into a pre-existing pattern so easy and not even recognize it. Just be completely clueless to the fact that we were sucked into our own uh, sabotage pattern for the sake of the subconscious mind, just trying to keep you moving along its pre uh, its predetermined course of behavior and thinking. When it comes to money, I do uh, a pretty elaborate teaching uh, at the Art of Success on financial set point. And financial set point, actually, you could put, you could put, you could have set point and then put anything before that, right? You could have your social interaction set point, your financial set point, your, your weight set point, your health set point, your relationship set point, your sex set point. Like anything that we create repetitively as a pattern, we create a set point. And that set point is that the place that your subconscious mind is constantly working to keep you at. So if you're making 50,000 a year, uh, most people don't make 50,000 a year. Like if you make 50,000 a year, it's generally not because you want to. Like you probably would like to make 50,000 a month or 50,000 a day. We make 50,000 a year because we don't know how to make 50,000 a month or 50,000 a day. But the 50,000 becomes the set point. So there's all kinds of things that are wrapped up into that pattern. Like how you're seen, you know, uh, money in, in the world that we live in is very much attached to, you know, the idea of a class system or our education or how we're seen as being successful or not successful. The idea of how other people think of us, good and bad, like there's a, there's a lot, a lot uh, in the idea of money. Some of it's painful. Some of it has been interpreted as a threat to the way that we live, meaning that if my set point's $50,000 a year, 
And I'm going to seriously work on breaking that. Say I want to take it from 50,000 a year to a million. I have to intellectually conceptualize of that. I have to start to create a plan. I have to have daily activities that are going to take me toward that goal. And once I start to move toward that goal, my subconscious mind is looking for anything that is a threat. It doesn't even need to be specific. It could simply be the unknown. And what it's going to do is it's automatically going to engage a sabotage pattern to try to bring you back down to 50,000 a year. That means the thoughts that go along with 50,000 a year or correcting the behavior, the emotions that go along with it, the behaviors, and the things that we see outside of ourselves, our results, our circumstances, our environment, people, places, things. Uh, it will also create different things to focus on to take your attention off of the daily activities that you said that you were going to do in order to get to a million a year. So the idea is the way that our subconscious mind does this is, is incredibly ingenious because it does it in a way where you agree with whatever it is that you're experiencing in order to stop the behavior to move forward. Now, when I explain this to people, I get a, a, a wide variety of questions or ideas or opinions around this. And some people will say something like, you mean to tell me that my subconscious mind literally has the ability to see something completely different, call my attention to it, get me to stop thinking of the direction that I was going in, get me to feel something completely different, get my behavior to change course, and me not be aware of it at all. And I'm like, absolutely, absolutely. Think about this, and everybody's experienced this. If you say, I'm going to start getting up at six o'clock in the morning, and you start setting an alarm, in a very short period of time, you'll start waking up right before that alarm goes off. We've all experienced that, right? Yeah, we've all experienced it. I, I chronically wake up around five minutes before my alarm goes off in the morning. How does your subconscious mind know it's five minutes to six? You're sound asleep. It literally has the ability to tell and interpret time when you're not even consciously awake. Now think about that, really think about that. And it will wake you up before that alarm goes off. Underneath the surface of everything that we're doing, our subconscious mind is observing. It's observing everything that's going on and it's looking for pattern recognition to keep you on the track that you're on, not the one that you say that you want. And it will engage you. I mean, for, for your subconscious mind to wake you up at five minutes to six, it has to change your body chemistry, your blood chemistry. It has to change your brain activity. But how does it know? 
how does it know? It's a very interesting question. And it really doesn't matter what the answer is as to how it knows. What's important to understand is that it knows. So when you're awake, it definitely knows whenever you're off course for what its predetermined pattern is. And it's going to do something to try to get you back on that pattern unbeknownst to your conscious mind. One of the biggest things that it does is it will change the way that you feel about something. And a big problem that we have as human beings is that, is that we've deified our emotions. When we deify the emotions, we put, it's like creating a hierarchy, right? We've made emotions our God and we get into the place where it's like, well, I don't feel like it, or I don't feel this, or I don't feel that. It is the fastest way for your subconscious mind to get you to change your mind about doing something. You don't feel like it. And if you respond to that, if you acknowledge that, if you cave into how you're feeling, it creates a pattern where it says, okay, this works. Getting this person to stop this way works. So what does it do then? If you start to resist it a little bit, it amplifies how you feel. It gives you something else in your life to pay attention to that makes you feel uh, more, even more exaggeration to the way that you feel. Because it's very difficult to ignore when we're feeling intense emotion of any kind. So part of the idea is that we have to understand we control how we feel and our, and our emotions are not always telling us the truth about what we're experiencing. The ability to recognize the fact that my sub, your subconscious mind, my subconscious mind has engaged a pattern of emotional response that is out of harmony with what it is that we want, that's trying to cause us to go off of our trajectory. If we can become aware of that, we can ignore it, we can change it, we can change the way that we feel. You literally have the ability to change the way that you feel about anything. Otherwise, what happens is that it's like you become a ping pong ball for your emotions. And it you, you, you all have experienced this when you're in a, when you're in a, when you're in a, 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 a profound emotional state, it changes the way that you're perceiving whatever it is that you're looking at. It changes the way that you're perceiving a person, an engagement, a, a sales call, a coaching relationship, uh, your, your partner, your spouse, the way that you receive information from another person, an email or a text. How many times have we heard or experienced somebody texting us something and, and, and we're very unhappy about whatever it is and it wasn't meant in a way that was offensive, right? It has the ability to wake you up five minutes before the alarm goes off. It has the ability to have you 99% drive a car unconsciously across town on the highway stopping and starting at lights, thinking about what your day is going to do, having a conversation with somebody else, looking for a radio station, 
changing the music, it's extraordinarily powerful and ingenious in what it can do. Now, the challenge is that if a person is programmed with the correct patterns as a child, many of these difficulties don't occur. If a child is taught how to think and use their own uh, emotional awareness in life, they can, they can go through life experiencing a lot less problems than somebody who's not, but most people are not. So by the time we wake up to it, we literally have to change. We have to change those patterns. A, a child doesn't have to change any patterns. There's none there. If you're, if you're doing something and you're saying to yourself, I don't like this, this isn't fun, but it's essential for where it is that you want to go, you have, the only thing you can do is change the way you feel about it. We can change the way that we feel about it by the, changing the way we evaluate something. That's one of the first things that we can do. I remember when I, I had a real issue with sales because I had a lot of ignorant information around sales in, in my life, the way that I was brought up as a child. And through somebody giving me just a little bit different information, when my mentor said sales is not something you do to someone, it's something you do for them, it changed the way that I felt about what I was doing. But here's the problem. It still took outside information to change the way that I felt. We have to figure out how to change the way that we feel without any new information because every day something is going to happen that is going to cause you from a reactionary standpoint to feel one way versus another. And it's very dangerous when it comes to the success that you're looking for in life. You have to create an emotional set of emotional values, and then you have to work on living within the way that you decide to feel about life on a daily basis. And that takes practice, it takes discipline, and it does take a lot of work. There's no question about it. So really think about that today and in the next few days. How much of your life are, are you letting uh, your results be run by the way that you feel? And then understand that your subconscious mind is trying to get you to feel a certain way so you don't change. And once I become aware of that, I can work on changing that. Because something could happen and I could feel really shitty about it and then I could go, okay, there's no reason for me to feel shitty about this other than my subconscious mind is trying to engage a pattern of pain or some bullshit story from my past and get me to stop moving forward. So my job is to change how I feel about this. One of the easiest ways to change how you feel about anything is to immediately go to the default of gratitude. And one of the reasons why gratitude works is because it's true all of the time. It's never not true. Everything that you're experiencing is 100% necessary to be the person that you are and to take you where it is that you want to go, to the, be the person that you're going to become. So everything that we experience is necessary. It could be the most horrific abuse as a child. 
But if we go to gratitude, it literally changes the experience. It changes how we process in the present and it changes the direction that we're going in the future. And it gets us unstuck. Remember, when you're stuck, you're resisting something. You're resisting being, doing, or having something. So one of the fastest ways to get unstuck is to immediately go to gratitude about whatever the situation is. It could be the most horrific experience of your life. You go to gratitude. Because gratitude starts to open the door for you to see the way out of what you're experiencing, even if it's just from a painful, a painful process. So that you can start thinking more clearly about what it is that you're experiencing, how you're processing it, what is the direction that you want to go. When, when I work with people and they're dealing with death, like death of a loved one or a friend or something like that, one of the things that I say to them is think about and determine how long you want to grieve for. That's a choice. Because we can get very easily stuck in, in deep pain and we could, we could spiral into a rabbit hole there for a long period of time. If something happens and you're disappointed, think about how long you want to be disappointed for. If you're angry, think about how long you want to be angry for. What is it doing to be in a negative emotion? What is it doing for you? It's, number one, it's making you miserable. Does it, does it allow you to be right? Is that what it's doing for you? It lets you be right? Because that's a big one for people, being right. It's almost like we'll sink our own ship as long as we can be right. And if you think about, well, why the hell would that be? It, like, logically, it doesn't seem to make sense. Because almost all of us were programmed to believe that being wrong is not okay. From a very, very young age. And it also has other, other inclinations to it also. Like um, the, the idea of being wrong, you could draw correlations to survival there. You could draw correlations to people loving you, accepting you, liking you, being part of the tribe. Like all of that is kind of linked up. Why is it that kids struggle so fiercely um, with peer pressure? You know, if you remember when you were a little kid, fitting in was huge, huge. Even if you rebelled against it, you know, um, it's still huge. So really think, really think. Your subconscious can make you wake you up over and over and over again five minutes before your alarm goes off. It, can bas it basically has the power to sneak around and stop you from any endeavor if you're not conscious of it. You have to choose the way that you're gonna feel about everything. One of the greatest choices that a person can make is to, is to really come from the place of failure does not bother you. Accepting the fact that you're gonna fail, that you're gonna make mistakes, that things aren't gonna work out you're not going to come from the place of when am I going to get there? When am I going to get there? When is it going to happen? And then, and don't go down that road. 
This didn't work, great. What can I learn next? Let's go. Don't wallow in it. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.